On today's episode, we talk about the NBA, how we're going to fix the NBA All-Star Game, LeBron breaking the point record, and the MVP straw poll. We have a great interview with bearded Jokic, Grant Golden, who's tearing up the G League for the Grand City Rapids. We then discuss football, coaching carousel, and the spring leagues that have opened up, and we wrap it up with a hypothetical on if sports should adopt incentive payments. Wanted to give a shout out to Coach Mooney. Know he's battling a health battle down in Richmond, had to step away from the program. We wish him all the best and know he'll bounce back stronger. Really, the Pac-12 was awesome. What's going to happen to Bill Wallen? You separate the art from the artist. Oh, no! You're so transparent. You should never, ever do this to, like, now we're going to have Shaq and Ernie telling you, like, what you should be putting your money. <laughs> guess the honor system isn't good enough for us. It's no, certainly no. not with this group. Oh, and. <laughs> and Sean went to go grab an angry soda. I don't like him. The locker room doesn't like him. Uh, he's just a loser. Well, George does just bring down the ethics of our podcast quite a bit. All of the money is in me looking good. You're listening to the Loud and Uninformed Podcast. Howdy, fellas. How are we doing today on this great, great national holiday, President's Day? How many of you guys work? Did you work today? I try not to work generally. So today was today was one of the many, many ones of those days. I've done nothing. It's been great. I was I was working today and I guess my my company just hates presidents. Yeah. Really disrespectful. Mine you know? does too. What the heck is going on? When did when did when did the presidents become the issue? I know, I guess, right? I guess I, don't all- know, I can wake up and look at the Andrew Jackson poster on my wall anymore in this twenty twenty three America. It's disgusting. <laughs> and now we're becoming really loud and uninformed <laughs> well, as we delve into our political stances <laughs> I, think, I think herbert hoover was the finest president we've ever had i mean that dam is pretty impressive is that named after him is that yeah the hoover dam well i guess i guess i don't know any other famous hoovers unless it was the vacuum cleaner guy and you know that uh the garfield comic was named after president and Garfield. I actually have heard that. Yeah, he loved lasagna. Hated Monday. I made, I made it up. Come on, Skyler. Come on. <laughs> um, but we hope the list has been having a good week. Uh, once again, you are the reason we are successful listeners. So take all the credit. We do nothing. It's Only reason good. I've been getting out of the bed in the morning lately. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Chief, what's Chief, going on with you? You, you, I, you? I had work. Did I like Skylar? Didn't really do too much. Kind of just looked at the screen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, had a President's Day uh, weekend bender, so I'm a little well, the, the the brain's not functioning. I heard our uh, our dear friend Matt Chipinelli made it down to you guys. He did. He did. I haven't seen Matt right. in like two years, but I lived with him for three years in college. So I was uh, nice to reunite with him. We went and played a horrendous round of golf. Um, we, we chunked about a hundred balls between the three of us. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was a disaster. Me and, uh, me and Carney were watching the Genesis, Genesis Invitational yesterday. And we we're just like, gosh, we should be golfing right now. I just want to golf so badly. And I know it's going to go so poorly my first time back out. Yeah. But I, I feel like an off season of, of reef, like not swinging at all. So now I forgot my terrible technique that I can actually be good this year. So That's there's a thing about that, like taking time off of golf. You like, you come back, you're a little refreshed. Obviously you're <laughs> rusty, but you sometimes you shake some bad habits that you were developing. 
So it does help a little bit, but there is nothing like watching a golf tournament and just wanting to get out there and play. Like it just makes you want to go do something. I I can't get through the masters without a trip to the range. Like I have to go. <laughs> Sean, this might be my my year. I think, I think, I think I might go try it. Got to join us, man. Go play. We got to play the DC municipalities. Trust me. Anybody the can. The problem go. was the only person I would ever golf with is Johnny and he's too good. And so it would just make me not have fun. And then I didn't want to keep doing it. So I need to play with some people who are bad. So if you're well, saying that's you guys. Johnny is actually shockingly patient. Like when I went with him, when I was first. No, learning, he's too patient. Overly patient. Get upset with me. It's upsetting. Oh. Okay, I don't respond well to that on the golf course. I, I like. <laughs> yeah, you know, who's a, you know, who's a good golfer, but denies it and denies it. Is my dear beloved roommate Dan Mahoney. He's a very good golfer, but he Dan refuses. To use, he refuses to use his handicap. So if we ever want to play a game or something, he's like, "No, no, we can't do that." I'm like, "You can't play the game if we don't use a handicap because you're too good." And he goes, "Well, then I can't win." automatic win <laughs> but uh it's all in good fun um but yeah Scott we'll have we'll have to hit some of the DC area maybe Jeep, we can I, get would, you I would love to I would really love to and I think I think the goal of it is you know just have fun you know go out exactly. there if you're not having fun what are you doing bring a couple of beers out there you know bring a couple of you know whatever sitting there you know chunking them out i think that'd be fun i i'm too used to uh it's 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 too much about getting better at golf i don't care about that yet right no. i care about having a good time so exactly. we can make, pack a picnic exactly yeah. exactly have a good time you got to find that right amount of miller lights by hole seven yes zone. yeah 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 <laughs> i'm great i'm great in the fescue you know anytime any shot that i'm not supposed to be good at i'm good drives go either what is it, 90 degrees or 270 degrees? Not straight. Whatever not the straight one is, but straight. Well, then you got to oh, aim 90 degrees left off the tee box. I've, I've done it before, and it's worked <laughs> significantly better than trying to aim where I was going. So, yeah, it's uh, there's there's a lot of problems, but we'll improve. This will be the year. We'll improve. Cha-cha-cha-cha-cha. We'll improve. Ja, 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 ja. All right, let's 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 talk some real sports, not not our amazing. Yeah, sorry sports. for all the listeners who have no idea who our incredibly specific friends are. Uh, this is not the way to grow. But uh, I definitely wanted to hop into some NBA talk because we need to fix the All-Star Weekend. Yes, we do. And it's on us. To fix the All-Star Weekend and the NBA in general. Number one, get Carl Malone out of there. What's that and guy doing floating around there? Get both of those two out of there. Get John Stockton out of there, too. Come on. I saw a bunch of tweets this weekend that were like, thank you, Michael Jordan, for keeping these guys from winning a title. <laughs> Yeah, just two really strange individuals. Uh, strange is one way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe bad people. <laughs> um, the whole Salt Lake City thing was weird because it sounded like the entire broadcast was hammered by the by the All Star game. Did you guys watch? And Chuck was clearly drunk. Yeah, but they were also like talking about how like inaccessible alcohol and drugs were yeah. while well, clearly drunk so it's just really funny because it almost sounded like they were upset that like more people weren't doing it with them like it's yeah. the all-star break we're all supposed to be here having a good time that cracks me up they had vin diesel come out and do like the like <laughs> pump up talk and i guess because the rock was doing it for the xfl that weekend so they couldn't have the rock come so vin diesel is their next of course, so the next logical guy go yeah. get the diesel 
And Vin Diesel was so drunk that he was giggling when he was finishing up his speech. He was like, all right, let's let's tip the ball. And then he was like, ha, 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 ha. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, it's in the spirit of the whole weekend that that entire thing was just a big joke. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the players, this was the least focused All-Star game, I think. All-Star They had a, I mean... I thought Mac McClung was a great dunker, and it was kind of cool if you've been following him since high school when he went like viral and all that stuff. And it was, they, they I guess, cool. like, yeah, they gave they, like a, a G Leaguer a chance, and he won, which is cool and all. But and dunked great. It just shows that like the stars, the face of the NBA, don't give a crap. Well, did you see what Stephen A. said this morning on the date of recording, February twentieth, which is basically like LeBron James ruined the dunk contest by not going into it. Um, Because before that, it had always been the stars would do it, including like Kobe pretty recently. Yeah. Before that. And then LeBron's just like disregard of the event has led us to this place now where guys like Zion and Ja just won't do it because it's just not cool anymore. And I agree with that to an extent. I see this is what I was trying to figure out. I don't really think there's that big of an injury risk. Like doing it. It's not that. I I, think it's a little bit of prep. And it's the embarrassment factor. I was going to say it's putting yourself out there. That's that's the part that's tough. Wait, G, what were you going to say? Sorry. I, I just think Corey, it's like it's almost like a dance if you think about it. But choreographing uh, your dunk, you're going to have to practice a bunch. You're yes. jumping five feet in the air, which like they're NBA players. It doesn't sound like much to them. But in the middle of the regular season, you want all the rest you can get. Uh, and just coming down on that, coming down on your knees, like everything, there's only so much bounce you have in your legs, especially in the middle of an 82 game regular season. I think what, do you, what do you think compared to one NBA game? What do you think the kind of like comparative, like, do you think it's like, like the whole practice up to it? I don't, I don't have any idea how much they practice it, but I'd say it's about one to two NBA games of, of strain. Um, and it's a different type of strain. Like it's a lot more impact, like just the sure. impact. everything you're doing is jumping as high as you can and then landing. So, so I get what you're saying. But like, I don't Le- fault LeBron. LeBron. Do it in the layup lines. Do you remember that? Yeah. There was well, a big think- controversy where he would like turn the layup lines into his own private dunk contest and would refuse to go out and do it. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, but in like the grand scheme of injury risk, it seems like pretty low. And I, I, Jeeb, I can't believe you're backing up the load management talk here. <laughs> for, the, for the dunk contest, absolutely. Like the for a, a regular season game, I think it's you know you you know my stance on it, but yeah, see. and we'll get into our hypothetical later. But I think I found the solution to load management and how to fix it. So stay okay. tuned for the end of the episode when we get into our hypothetical. But um, so how how are we fixing the All Star Weekend? I have a couple ideas. I want to bounce them off you guys. You guys can bounce your ideas off of me on how we need to get this changed. Because they they switched it to this. It's not East versus West. It's like a draft format, which is kind of cool. The recess thing was kind of cool. You got to see Jaron Jackson Jr. as the last pick. And then you (laughs) just refusing to be the last pick got up and walked to the side so that Laurie Marketing was the last pick out of the starters. Um, But the game itself is it's nothing. Nobody even cared this year. Giannis played two seconds LeBron only played a half like yeah yeah I think it's funny to see the NFL kind of go through this and obviously the risk injury in a football game is much higher than that of a basketball game 
Um, but I feel like they took steps in the right direction to make it a little more entertaining and a little more competitive in whatever it was. I don't know why they're playing a full 48 minute basketball game. Like there's no reason to do that. Yeah. Play 20 minute running halves. Like we don't need to sit there and watch two teams put up 200 points against each other. It just doesn't even make yeah. sense. And like, I really like the rising star challenge. I yeah. think the game's cool. Cause they try yeah. like, so here, here are some ideas. I think it's time to get rid of the NBA all-star game, the actual game game. And instead some ideas to replace it with. So what do you think of, there's so many good duos in the NBA today that play on the teams, you know, like Tatum and Brown, Harden and Embiid all throughout the NBA, you know, LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis. What if you took the best duos in the league and put them in a two on two tournament? Give us a one-on-one tournament, honestly. Well, I would, or you could go all the way to one-on-one. You should yeah. take all stars and do it in like a King of the Hill style. Roll the ball. That would out be a lot of fun. One-on-one. I think a one-on-one tournament would be perfect. Just bringing out the egos, like that's the whole thing. Because I think the ego piece of it has been lost. They don't, you know, and nobody they don't cares. care at all. There's no incentive to win to do yeah. well. It's like why risk injury? It, it, it's the one-on-one. You're actually challenging, like people like Bradley Beal go ape shit. I think. Yeah, no, and I think like young guys who make the who who make it and have an opportunity to kind of, you know, cement themselves. It'd also be cool if like like who sponsored the game this year? Wasn't it like Jordan or something? I, I don't know, but there's definitely some corporate sponsors there. It'd be cool if like Jordan would like produce them their own like one of one shoe for like winning the one on one tournament or something that you can't because these guys don't care about money at this point, but Something to just, yeah. just differentiate it and like give them a reason to go out there and try to win. I think the whole like iso ball, like it's a big iso ball era in the NBA. Definitely. And so many of these guys from AAU and everything are so good at it. Yeah. Like everybody loves in the NBA, I'm saying they all talk about how good Cam Reddish is because he's like probably an amazing in the gym, like su- Sunday runs type player. Oh, yeah. But he can figure it out on an NBA team. So like you get guys like that in there, and they're just like tearing apart LeBron. And- oh, so are you <laughs> suggesting that it would be non All Stars as a part of? No, this it program? still should be All Stars. So Cam Reddish probably wouldn't qualify, but like because you still need to have the feature of the All Star. Well, I but think it'd be we- fascinating to watch like Damian Lillard go up against Joel Embiid, right? Yeah. Because well, is no. Joel Embiid going to go pick him up at, at you know five feet beyond the three point arc, and then how, how is Joel Embiid going to attack that? I think that'd be really fascinating to watch. I remember at a. Uh, basketball camps when i was younger they would do one-on-one tournaments but they put like all the bigs together in the guards and then the winner of each of those areas would face off in like the final so you could do that where you have like all the bigs that would be a lot of fun and then have the winner from the two play um another idea so i'm taking this from the mls actually so what the mls does is they have one all-star team and then they bring in like a team from europe yeah like iron munich or arsenal or somebody to come over and play that team So what if you had the NBA All-Stars play the rest of the world's basketball league? So like the Spanish league, the German league, the Italian league, the Chinese league, and they they made a team to come and play the American All-Star team. It would be a massacre. Yeah, I think we'd still, I I think that's the problem is like for the MLS one, it's interesting because you have our best of the best of the best playing against like a normal team in Europe. But like for us, this would be like our best versus everyone else's best, and sadly, we would probably who didn't quite make it into them. the NBA. Like people, well, yeah, but those guys have so much to play for, so it That's would true. make it would make 
the NBA players actually have to play. And it happens in the world stage now for the U.S. The Olympics, it's like, yeah. But I think the difference is for the Olympics, the unique um, the, the unique advantage that a lot of those countries have is that, you know, say like Spain, you have 12 guys that have been playing together since they were five years old and they're playing for like the pride of their country. I don't think that you would get the same dynamic if you just took like the best Spanish player, the best Chinese player, the best Italian player. I don't know that they would have the kind of cohesion that makes them a trouble for our like all-star teams. I mean, maybe think about it this way. Victor Winanaba would be playing against. That is true. The NBA all-stars this year. That is definitely true. Yeah. And like a couple years ago, Luca would be, and you'd have these guys going off for like 40 points and maybe they they wouldn't win, but you could see this like, and they, and they keep saying the Euro, the Euro style is hard for the NBA guys to, get used to playing against so something that's in that vein that is being talked about is bringing those clubs in for potential midseason tournaments right and that's something where i think that a less motivated nba team versus a very motivated european team that plays together all the time and has a lot of plays and plays basketball like that would have a, a, a a puncher's chance not a good chance but would at least have the potential to be competitive. Um, And then my last one here. And this one, I feel like has the most holes in it, but what if they just move the all-star game to like right before the NBA finals? And it's like the pro bowl where in the final, like the players in the finals aren't playing in the all-star game. So you might lose like LeBron every year, which would have sucked, but, but maybe they would try harder if the season was over. Yeah. Would you still have a break? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, you see, I really do a break and then have the all-star weekend before the thing. I think the problem with the playoff schedule of the NBA, it's not like the NFL, like you don't know how long series are going to go. So they kind of just do it on the whim. Uh, and it would be hard to carve out a weekend when everything, there's so many moving parts, but like, I do think that would be a better idea. Um, they should just oil up all of the players and have them wrestle each other. <laughs> Some WWE style? Or are we talking Olympian wrestling? No, 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 no. We're talking. We're talking Olympia. We're throwing a mat down in the middle. <laughs> just watching a naked and oiled up LeBron, just trying to corral like a like a De'Aaron Fox type. Could be interesting. God, Trey Young would really look like the Lord of the Rings guy. What's his name? Gollum. Gollum. Trey Young would really yeah, look like Gollum. Yeah, though. like. Embiid would be trying to grab him and just squeeze him out. Embiid <laughs> <laughs> is a huge uh, Triple H fan from WWE. So I'm sure. Really? He, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Ah. He does his uh, inappropriate humping celebration all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's getting fined for it. <laughs> but it's interesting. Like when I, I mean, I've seen a bunch of clips on the internet in the last couple of days of very competitive All Star games in the past. So I do wonder what. The difference is, and I mean, honestly, it's that they're a lot lower scoring. I think that whatever, the games are just too long. And they captured it a little bit with that, like, to a number thing last time. And then you just watched it, like, completely fall apart last night or whenever the game was. I think part of it, too, now is they they kept applauding LeBron for, like, he's now the the blueprint for if you want to be an all-time great he's unlocked how to play for 20 plus years at a high yeah. level because he takes care of his body so much yeah, and he's do nothing extraneous yeah 
And I think this generation of players, like you had Jason Tatum apparently changed his diet after going to the finals. Like he wants to get better yes. and he wants to sustain that success. I think these players just care so much about maximizing your success. And the LeBron blueprint is literally take zero risk outside of <laughs> the games well, that are across in- sport, right? We're seeing that in football yeah. too. It's the same kind of thing. Um, yeah. well, and, I mean, and it's fair and it's totally fair. Yeah. But I wonder if this is anymore, Skylar. Why can't they have fun? I, I wonder if this will get into a larger conversation around load management. And we get to the point where we decide that an 82 game season is just too long. Because if you're going to get in a, a, a point where like people don't even want to play in the all-star game anymore, people are just sitting out games. I mean, I don't, I, I get that it's a money thing at the end of the day, but the NBA is in a position where they like, they don't have the kind of market share that the NFL does to be having conversations like that, where the NFL doesn't care. The NFL will trot their players out there and kill them. Like they don't care because everyone's going to watch no matter what. The NBA is not like that. There are a no. lot of people who would rather watch college basketball. And then there's a lot of people who are just like football or die. And the NBA does not have viewership like that. So I think like if they could actually take big steps in increasing their market share, which a lot of that is a better product. And a lot of that, you know, could be tied to the fact that they're playing too many games. I, I don't under, I don't know why that hasn't been more of a conversation. Like this, that this, lockout year is perfect. Does anybody think that other than the league office, like does anybody think that an 82 game season is right? Because like even the players have spoken out about how it's too, yeah. like when the players are doing it. Uh, I, I'm not a, an NBA fan, but like a casual NBA fan, we're saying it like, but who, even you, like your whole thing, it. all of your problems about the NBA would be solved with fewer games. They would be helped with fewer. a lot i mean all of your problems really if, are like if they were trying play. every game in the regular season like yeah. 60 82 games you can lose four games in a row and that doesn't even matter like you can make that up I so think, easily i don't think that's the nba's only problem though i think no, definitely not I but think, it, it helps I, I would agree i think the the load management thing is the biggest issue but i'm saying the second biggest issue and this is my issue with the straw poll that came out for mvp sure and it's that the league has gone on so far towards analytics and no longer cares about the eye test. And I think Jokic is having a better season this year than he was last year. Like, I think he should be in the front of the MVP rating. I'm not saying he's playing bad, but I'm saying they are not promoting their most exciting players anymore. Like Jokic, if you're a hooper, you love to see this guy pass it around, but the casual NBA fan doesn't want to tune in to see a guy pass the ball and not jump. But so I think I think on the same coin, I think that that is kind of a load management problem. We've gotten to this baseball, we've baseballified basketball where there's so many games. Uh, nobody cares about the eye test because you can't even watch the Nuggets go play on a Tuesday. The only thing that matters is his ELO rating. Right. So <laughs> if we got to a point where we were nationally televising most of these games because there are so few of them and each one mattered so much we'd be playing the eye test game a lot more instead of just having, you know, Russell Westbrook corral 15 rebounds in a game that's on a Wednesday in, you know, like in Utah, like nobody cares about that, but all the guys care about is like getting their numbers, getting better analytics. Um, And I think that would be fixed by having the games be more competitive. Like Jeeb, guess who is the third player in this grouping? There are three players in the NBA that averaged above 7.6 assisted six rebounds. Two of them are Jokic and Sabonis. Who is the third? I have absolutely no idea. Ben Simmons, uh, I'm sure. Ben Simmons. 
Ah. And you just heard that stat line, you would go, that guy is doing great. But it's it's watching the game, seeing how this plays. And I know I'm a Philly faithful. I don't think this is Embiid's year to win the MVP either. I'm not saying that. I don't think he's had the the games or those Sixers need to finish in a top spot. It's just you're going to have a three-time MVP purely based on the Raptor rating that he's been getting. Who, by the way, the only other three straight MVP winners had won a ring by their second season. Yeah. Well, I so was going to say it's going to be a huge outlier in NBA history. So my question for you guys too is um, around voter fatigue. How much do you think that that should really factor in with the fact of if you're going to give Jokic his third straight MVP, then you're also, you know, this, this isn't just an individual MVP award. What you're saying is that you're adding him like Sean just mentioned to that echelon of who it's Larry bird and Kareem Bill Russell or Bill Russell. And Kareem. Bill Russell, Kareem, Larry Bird, and now Jokic, right? right? And and I don't think that Jokic has been able to single-handedly elevate his teams like Oh no, sorry, sorry. Yeah. It's not it's not Kareem, it's Wilt Chamberlain. So yeah, like, Will, that is that's right. Um yeah, I don't think Jokic is necessarily on that level quite yet. I don't think that he's shown that. I don't think he has the playoff success to prove it. I think that he has to rise above that level of being like a regular season stat patter to become one mm-hmm. of those guys. Is I'm he in the same you, I think he's having a better year, but you can't just give him – you can't make him a three-in-a-row guy. Jokic is not a stat pattern in the sense that Russell Westbrook was when he was going for the triple-double like yes. that year. Like, like stealing he's not jumping in front of stuff. rebounds and stuff like that. <laughs> but the nature of their offense – and it's a really good offense, and they're first in the West. And this is the year where, I mean, like I wouldn't be mad him winning yeah. if he hadn't won the last two years because – Yes, yes. So this year, wasn't going to put him in rarefied air. Yeah. Last year, and then the last couple of years, people were saying it doesn't matter where you are in the standings because he won it when he was in sixth place in the West and he won it when he was like fourth place in the West. Yes. I think standings always should matter. <laughs> it's for the MVP. It, like if your team's not a top team, and this is the year where I think it makes sense for Jokic to win, but historically it's just going to look awful. When Ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. I totally agree with you. So I agree with you in the sense that standing should matter. And that's why I cannot stand all the attention LeBron is getting right now. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the night where he broke the record. Did you guys think it went over the top or? Yes. Okay, so even, I texted even you that. It was went this over on the, the show, top. or did I text you this? And then you said they stopped our games for thousand point scores. They did, did in high school. Them. Literally, literally, <laughs> the guys would score thousand points. They stopped, and this was the all time scoring record in the NBA. I thought they did. I thought they did too much. Like a 20 I mean, that's stoppage in the middle of a like pretty important game. And then yeah. everybody on the in- internet is getting mad at Anthony Davis because he wasn't happy. It's like, yeah, you're losing to the Thunder. You were favored by four points in this game. And it's a and not just losing, not just like any Thunder team, a Thunder team that I believe was like a half game in front of them in the standing. Super yeah. important game. So yeah, you guys tuned in and watched, right? Oh yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> I went on Twitter. So Skyler. Why did you tune in to watch the 12th versus the 13th place teams in the West play on a Tuesday night? No, 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 of course. Hey, I'm not going to say that there's any reason that was drawing all of these viewers besides the points record. But what I think that you can't do, you you can't just bastardize the entire product of what is an NBA game to just like, Basically, tacitly say what you what you're saying is like nobody cares about the game. We just care oh. about LeBron breaking the record. But I don't know. To me, that's such a slap in the face to like everyone else who's playing and like the integrity of the league in general. Yeah, that. Thank you. 
Thanks. I just couldn't see like the NFL I, doing something similar, breaking like the passing yards all time record, and then just like out. shutting it down. Drew Brees, remember they dropped the penalty and then they didn't get it because there was a penalty flag, so then they had to go back and then they did it again. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> remember that. To be perfectly honest, but no, that was funny. Brett Favre's <laughs> touchdown breaking record. They gave him the ball and they put it in like the golden chest on the sidelines. So they, <laughs> no, but that, they didn't stop the game for that. Like the NFL ten years ago would never have done anything like that. And I hate to sound like I'm getting old because I I I'm hearing myself and that's kind of what i feel like <laughs> like now they absolutely would like they it's just yeah. old man shouts and clouds they said before the game that they were not, not going to stop it if it was within six minutes in the fourth quarter of the end of the game yes. which i think is right yes it's crunch time yes it was the end of the third quarter <laughs> like it doesn't really matter I, I think that there's a version of it, though, where you stop the game, you acknowledge it, you give them the ball, and then they get on with it. And then you do the whole, like, you know, photo ops in the middle of the court and all, all of that when the game is over. Like, I just don't see why you need exactly. to take like, a break. Like, if I'm playing for the Thunder, and to be perfect, if I'm playing for the Lakers, like, I don't want to go sit on the sideline 20 minutes, an intense basketball game, greatest players on earth, fighting to get into the playoffs, an important game. I, like, I don't know. It's just too much for me. I think Anthony Davis and Westbrook were more upset at the fact that LeBron was actively trying to trade them the day before. <laughs> That's why they didn't want to celebrate. But she did. To me, they, it, they turns it, it turns like, into such a circus. It turns into such a spectacle. That was the thing that was missing from all this. Like, LeBron was ready to ship <laughs> Anthony Davis for Kyrie. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, also, I think LeBron has, has legitimate beef. Like, yeah. Anthony Davis has not held up his end of this bargain and I would be upset if I was LeBron too. So I mean they've won a chip. Can we, they can, we wanted... can can I propose a question? Please. Sure. Obviously LeBron's a great player, great score, great <laughs> passer. Is it possible that it's not as much fun playing with like being a the the second option playing with LeBron as it's made out to be? Like, I would argue that it's more fun with LeBron than probably any other like great player now or in the past not any other but he's probably in like the top quarter so playing wise there's definitely an argument for that but from like just a media standpoint if lebron's on the team and there are a few guys in the league you could say this about but like if lebron is on the team it's the lebron show like Sure, he's the greatest player to ever put on a basketball. In the back seat. They're not even in the back seat. They're in the trunk. Like it, it, it's <laughs> so it, he's so polarizing to one team. So I kind of I can I can see stars like Anthony Davis, like Kyrie when he was on the Cavs, kind of getting irritated and not wanting to be there. Sure. Well, I, I hear that to a degree, but it's like team. Michael Jordan, right? Definitely a worse teammate. <laughs> <laughs> like also yeah. had the whole carnival going on around him. Plenty of people that, you know, helped him win a lot of things and probably will never get the credit for it. You know, I think it's just the, the nature of basketball. You got a star, you got your guy, and then everyone else is there to help him. Scotty Pippen didn't seem to mind playing with Michael Jordan. I get that Michael Jordan was an asshole, but like there was never any, well, at least I wasn't alive when that was happening, but sure. I think uh, the big, but whenever we talk, and I know obviously I brought up Michael Jordan, so this is me just saying like, oh, the point that Skyler brought up is stupid. But like when you when we talk about Michael Jordan's career, like he has just such a storybook, like he 
had his guys and they stayed by him the entire time. And he had the greatest coach in history and just like LeBron has transcended all of that. He's just been so good that his terrible and hilarious situations over the course of his career have not managed to knock him off of being one of the greatest players of all time. But like nobody else can say that all of the other guys that are in this conversation had like a ridiculous amount of help and luck and all of that, that kind of good stuff. So yeah, I mean, just as far as LeBron goes, I'm just uh, I'm surprised that he's even here, uh, and the fact that he he was able to do it all is really a testament to how he's hands down the greatest player to ever play. But Jeeb, I don't think it's a bad point because well, I mean well, we do see these guys walking on him, and it's not like it's random. So, are we doing the the LeBron Jordan debate now? Because we're not doing that right now. We're not doing that. I think it deserves its own episode. I, okay. I think we're going to do down the line, listeners, maybe sometime this summer, we're going to do a, a GOAT debate episode where we bring in guests for every sport to really oh, talk. Oh, that'll be fun. That will be uh, fun. So we'll we'll save that for then. But it's LeBron. Uh, yeah. I, it, for the record, I think it's LeBron, I, 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 know, get, I, I get why LeBron, you know, grinds people's gears. And I, I get that he's kind of become this, this weird character, kind of disconnected from the mainstream people and like in the most hilariously opposite way of like kobe and jordan yeah and part of that is that he's always had the camera in his face and like at the all-star game last night he was like walking around dabbing up all the players like what's up dollar dame <laughs> and he called <laughs> like hookah luka cringy stuff <laughs> like that to be fair he's like in he's like a dad at this point he's got bad right. dad jokes because he is yeah, yeah. But, i mean like he's he's statistically he's taking over all the records the only ones he's not going to touch are like the insane wilt chamberlain records and otherwise he's going to have the record book rewritten and if you got to stop the game for a little bit in la to let him celebrate his his all-time points scoring which by the way cream wrote a great article that night about it and because there was apparently this bad beef between lebron and kareem and cream was pretty much bottom line he's like Hey, I'll take it on myself. I haven't really reached out to him over the years. I kind of don't like basketball anymore. <laughs> I just <laughs> sit in my sweatpants and listen to jazz now. So, yeah. <laughs> so, like, so, and like Kareem, and it, it's a really good article because it also goes into like what Kareem's been up to and how, yeah, he probably should have been a better outlet for LeBron over the years. Um, but it was good. It was a good like retaking of the narrative because everybody else was running with like, Oh, Kareem hates LeBron and <laughs> all this. You don't hate LeBron. I just have not been paying attention for thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I thought that was at least cool that that came out of. And Kareem showed up to the game and like did the whole like handoff of the ball. Yeah. Sort of thing. Like, no, yeah. I like it. It's like I, I don't know. To me, to me, it's it's it, it was it was just a little too much. Like when I was sitting there watching, I was like, oh, okay. And I feel like like I was watching with Christine too, and even she was like. Is this in the middle of the game kind of thing? Thank like, you, Christine. That's what it felt like. Yeah, thank you, Christine. <laughs> Christine is the rational mind of, of the Loud and Uninformed podcast. Well, but I think, like, you know, she likes <laughs> the reality shows and stuff that are, like, overly the top spectacle. And, like, even this was like, okay, come on. <laughs> no, I, I, on some level, I get it. But on the other hand, I'm just like, why did what you tuned into the game for this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt less like a, you know, like Kobe's last game. And like, you were like, okay, this is like a show going into it. Like, we know what this is going to be. Uh, the 
the Lakers game was like, this is like a competitive basketball game and one that matters. Like, you know, so that was where, and especially like all the stuff surrounding the Lakers of like, they're right there. Every game matters right now. If LeBron wants to make the playoffs, like they really need to, you know, make some tweaks to the roster, gut out these games at the end. Like that was a lot of the conversation that was going on, obviously on top of his GOAT stuff. Today, we got a great special interview. Uh, Grant Golden of the Grand City Rapids in the NBA G League, affiliated with the Denver Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, Grant. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me on. Now, Grant, the first question I had is, you know, we're three Richmond alum. We all loved Richmond. We came in at the same time, actually. We lived in March together. Skyler was in there, too. But you stayed at Richmond 50% longer than us. Like, what's up with that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it that made you love the place so much that you had to stay? Dude, uh, I was born there. I love Richmond. Uh, you know, just like you guys, like everything about it, Coach Mooney, all my teammates and stuff. And, you know, obviously I had my heart issue freshman year and COVID right. happened and everything. And we got all these extra years. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I use them? You know, why wouldn't I say? But uh, no, it was awesome, man. I loved it. And, I always tell people I would do another six years tomorrow <laughs> if they let me. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You you and Perry Ellis could be in right. college. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. But um, yeah, so last time I saw you play live was A-10 tournament. You guys went on a great run in D.C. That was awesome. Then had a great March Madness finish to your college basketball career. Whole lot of fun. And then I started seeing popping up, you know, Grant Golden's trying out for this NBA team in the summer league, bouncing around, trying to figure out where you might fall. So what was the whole process like after your college hoops career was over to eventually land on a G League roster? Yeah, um, so sort of like after we lost to Providence, um, we probably, I'll probably say I had about two, two and a half weeks to just kind of chill and enjoy the moment and hang out and everything and then sort of started working out and um, once I got done with, with school and finished up my master's, I went immediately to, uh, Rockville, Maryland, about 20 minutes outside of DC. That's where my agent is based and started all the pre-draft workouts and stuff like that. So I just went through all of that and I ended up having a really good workout with the Hawks and they really wanted me to come play for their summer league team. So that's how I got to that. And, you know, I was sort of weighing a bunch of options, but sort of after summer league and everything, I had kind of come to the conclusion that I was going to go overseas um, there was going to be a couple options on the table there. And I knew or I felt like I could have a lot of success over there with my style of play and everything. Yeah. And uh, then the Nuggets just sort of came. Um, they had talked to my agent all throughout the summer um, about doing, you know, an Exhibit 10 and being on the G League team and coming to training camp with the Nuggets and everything like that. And um, sort of after summer league, they circled back around and they were like, you know, we're going to try and run the same offense that the Nuggets do and sort of make a replica and, we think Grant is sort of the best option to to help us do that. And we really want to have him on board. And I just felt like it was a good situation, a good opportunity. Uh, like I said, with my play style and the way they like to play um, with Jokic and all the guys they have up there, um, I knew that the offense would fit really well. And I just felt like, you know, if there's a time to do this and try and give myself a shot, it would be now right at the start. So um, I decided to do it and it's been great. I've loved every part of it. And Grand Rapids has been awesome. The fans have been awesome. So it's really been a good experience all around. That's awesome. And to talk about like playing in an offense that Jokic plays in, 
social media has been going wild with your highlights, calling you Baby Jokic. Are you like accepting <laughs> that as your nickname, or do you want to be like Bearded Jokic? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'll take anything uh, with Jokic in it. I mean, I got lucky enough to have the opportunity to to be around him at training camp oh, and, and see him up close and personal. So, um, you know, if I, I could have ever you played be much a, with him, uh, a little bit. So the way it was kind of set up, uh, for me, at least we had about, I think we had three or four guys that were sort of on the same thing with me. It was like, we were at training camp and then we were going to go to the G league. And, uh, the way it was sort of set up, like I was with the starters in training camp and I was sort of like, okay, like yoke, wants a break or like wants to sit like crank get in there and give him a breather. Um so I was more with him and the starters than against them. But it was it was awesome to see if I could uh if I could get to be as one per one percent as good as he is, dude, it would that would be a, a monumental step. He's he's incredible. Oh well, yeah. I think you're already you're more than one percent because man, you're averaging close to twenty points, like over eleven rebounds, over five assists, which leads all centers in the G League. And your efficiency rating like Jokic is crazy with advanced stats. Which as an Embiid sure. level, you know, like I, I don't know about these advanced stats, but all <laughs> your efficiency rating is crazy. You're you're basically tied for leading the G League in efficiency. Yeah. So, so yeah. you're putting up great nights, not just a stat pattern by any means. So how has the professional game allowed you to like elevate your game? Because at Richmond, don't get me wrong, you are great, very unselfish player, the Princeton offense, but you've been able yeah. to put up, I think, more points, more shots than you did ever at Richmond. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's a lot of things, you know, obviously it's a, the game is eight minutes longer. Um, the G League is super fast up and down. You know, you're getting 20, 30 more possessions in a game than you do in college. And, uh, you know, I just think Richmond was different. You know, we had so many good players um, and we were so committed to the Princeton offense and, you know, getting the best shot every time down the floor and we just got so comfortable with each other and our chemistry was so good that we were just constantly moving the ball around and we had enough guys out there um, to, to get a really good shot. Now you're at this level where everybody was the best player on their college team and there's so much talent and everything. And like, you really have to switch your mindset to being aggressive. Um, Cause you know, the really good shot that you get, eight, 10 seconds into the shot clock, like you might not get another look like that. Where at Richmond, I felt like, you know, we could pass that shot up and we were good enough to probably still get another one um, mm -hmm. at this level. It's just, there's so much talent, so much athleticism and everything. Like the margin of error is so small. So you really have to switch your mindset into being aggressive and being aggressive from the jump and taking advantage of opportunities. And it's something that I've had to work on. And as the season has gone on here, I, I feel like I've really done a good job of that. And um, credit to my teammates and my coaches for putting me in good positions. But like I said, it's been really good. And um, I've been able to put up some big nights here and it, it's been fun. It's been a fun adjustment and it's been a fun, f fun thing to learn and sort of adjust to that learning curve. So kind of on that note, you mentioned the, the G league being a little more competitive than college, uh, just not competitive talent wise. Um, how do you think it stacks up to other leagues around the world? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's very much different in the sense of, uh, that three second rule for defense really plays a huge factor. Um, cause you know, that's not a thing in college and that's not a thing when you go overseas. So teams can really pack that paint, 
Um, they can really sit in there on guys, especially for me as a big that's rolling a lot. You know, I'm rolling and there's people from the backside that are able to sit in there at Richmond and um, that's what they have overseas. So that three seconds really kind of opens the paint up for you. Doesn't allow teams to pack it as much. Um, so I think people don't realize how big, big of a um, difference that that rule makes. Um, but yeah, the other thing too, sort of like I talked about, like, the slowest paced team in the G League um, is like one of the fastest paced teams in all of professional basketball around the world. Um, the, I mean, the G League is a faster paced league than the NBA. Like it's just constantly getting up and down. It's almost like pick up in the sense of the speed you're playing at. Like you're just going up and down. So people don't realize that. But once you're in it, I mean, I know my first game, like I couldn't believe like just the pace we were playing at and everything. So it's really crazy. So I think two of the, those two things are really the biggest things um, that sort of make that difference uh, very noticeable. Yeah. A little better than pickup, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. In pickup, you can stand in the lane for as long as you want. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> kind of off of that with your play style. In, uh, in college, you were certainly a layup enthusiast. Um, but then we saw you the other day throw down an alley-oop dunk. So now we know that you can do it. Is there a reason that you are hiding this Obi Toppin level of athleticism from us? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if it's Obi Toppin level athleticism, but uh, <laughs> not nah, uh, just different. Um, yeah, it was funny because I the guys on my team were same thing. Like, you know, they're always telling me to dunk and stuff, and I'm just going up for layups and floaters and stuff. And they kept telling me, like, Grant's going to throw down one dunk one day. Grant's going to throw down and dunk one day. And uh, like we said, we got a steal there and he threw it over the top and uh, I was going to go up and just come down with it. But I thought the guy was a little too close. So I was kind of like midair. I was like, oh, let me just go try and dunk this thing. And I ended up making it. So I was pretty happy. <laughs> does, the, does the positive feeling that you get from doing something like that make you want to dunk more often? Or is it that it's so rare that it makes it even more special? Right. I, I'm more on that side. Like it's just so <laughs> rare and like everybody's just like anticipating and waiting on it that it just makes it cooler when it does happen. <laughs> kind of along with that too, a uh, a G leaguer just went out and won the dunk contest. Now, obviously after, after seeing this, we know that you too could have been competitive in that, but what do you right. think your best all-star uh, weekend event would have been? Wait, wait, are you saying what mine would have been or what did yeah. I think? Oh man, uh, <laughs> I think the skills challenge. Uh, watching it, watching it this weekend, it was like you know they had to pass, they had to dribble through the cones and go down, and then they had to make a floater like from the paint, get down one three pointer, and then go down and make a layup. Like passing a floater in there, like that, just felt like that. That's right up my alley. No oh, yeah. dunks, <laughs> nothing too athletic. Like we're we're good right there. I could so, I could imagine them lining all the skill challenge guys up and you're there and Shaq, literally the Shaq mean I'm not familiar with your game because you I, have I, I, <laughs> right. and then you tear it apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll start the we'll start the campaign to get you there for next year. We have plenty of time. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. On the topic of steals, have you gotten to play against your six-year teammate Jacob Gilliard at all I haven't but we uh what's today February 21st we go there on February 28th so I get to oh. see him next week I'm looking forward nice. to it yeah yeah 
I think uh, I think his family, uh, his parents and stuff are coming in for the game and everything. So hopefully we can all get to go out to dinner and everything. And um, I'm definitely going to try and make it over to his apartment and stuff and hang out with him. But I talk <laughs> to him every day. So we 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 are certainly excited uh, to to get to go up against each other here next week. That's awesome. Have you guys ever played each other before? You only been teammates. Only been teammates. No, been no teammates. meeting in the AAU circuit or anything. <laughs> nope, nothing. So it, oh, it'll be the first time. So it'll be exciting. God, if that's not on ESPN, <laughs> <All right. laughs> that'd be awesome. That would. Um, be. What is what's been like the adjustment? You know, traveling for a G League schedule versus a college schedule. Because I see like G League, it's kind of interesting. They stack the games, right? Like you play the same opponent back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's different for sure. Um. You know, at Richmond, we were spoiled. Like, we we flew private um, and everything. That's not how it is in the G League. You're on, you're on commercial flights, and um, you're playing, a, like you said, a lot of back-to-backs. Or, you know, we just uh, – right before um, – at the end of January, we had a 13-day road trip where we went <laughs> two games in Oklahoma City, uh, two games up in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and then we went down and did two games then um, – in uh greensboro north carolina so you're kind of all over the place it's very randomized um back-to-backs are tough um but it's been good you know commercial travel not as fun as flying on the private jet but um we haven't had any uh missed flights or uh lost luggage or anything like that i'm usually in an exit row of some sort (laughs) so it's uh I, i i can't have i can't complain too much can't, I'm glad to hear that you're uh, that you're ready and willing to assist people in the in case of an emergency. Um, it's so you- funny they always ask me like, "Are you like?" And like, I just look at them. I'm like, "I'm willing to do whatever you guys need." <laughs> whatever it needs to go around. Yeah. Service me back to Marsh. I had the extra long bed, and it wasn't big enough for me. And I'm only six five. Did they give you like an extra spec? I hope they did. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> they did. Like they're. So the biggest thing, like, like you said, like the extra long beds aren't really long enough, but like you just need that. You can't have the ones with like the, the headboard at the bottom. Like you gotta have the one that you can raise up. So then your feet can just hang off the end. Unfortunately, as sad as that sounds, that is to say, but. When you guys are flying commercial, like I have to imagine that people are coming up to you guys and asking who you are with just a team of, of G leaguers getting on these commercial flights. Yeah, it's funny, like, because, uh, like, obviously, you know, we're not, like, an NBA team or anything. Like, we're not, like, recognizable, but people are, like, no can tell that we're some kind of sports team. <laughs> so they're asking us. And uh, so we go through the whole conversation. And uh, let me tell you, not a lot of people understand or really know what the G League is. So, like, <laughs> I've gotten to the point where it's, like, the best description I can give people that people seem to understand is, like, we're basically like the minor leagues for the NBA and people seem to get that one pretty well. So, I mean, good for you for just standing there and explaining it to them. I I don't think that, that most people would have the patience to explain exactly what was going on. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny because you can tell like people like start looking at you, especially when you're the tall one, like, yeah, (laughs) it's just like, I'm just sitting there, like I'm giving myself like an over under like two minutes until they say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell the curiosity on the face is becoming too much. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So so I was wondering, who are the best bearded 
basketball players. Like Harden has the beard. And then Man. like Baron Davis back in the day. Baron Davis, I, dude. So oh, oh, you got to be in the top five. <laughs> I would think so. I would think so. Um, dude, it's funny. Uh, I got lucky enough. I went, I think it was uh, going into my junior year. I got lucky enough where I got to go out to Houston and work out um, with this guy named John Lucas and play pickup and everything. And a, a bunch of the Houston Rockets guys were playing with us. And uh, James Harden was there for the first week that I was there. And he was playing with us. And uh, I was usually on his team. Um, he was usually yelling at me to set him a screen or something I was probably <laughs> doing wrong. But uh, so I, I got I got to see him up close and personal a lot. Dude's beard is incredible. I'm talking like to the crisp, like perfectly, <laughs> perfectly trimmed. Like, I, like, I don't know how much money or who he pays to constantly keep it looking that yeah. nice, but it's got to yeah. be a it's got to be a hefty amount. Well, I was going to say for our just listeners to paint you a visual picture of what's going on with Grant's face right now is a beard that's more fantastic than any of the last times you saw him in college. How long has that been going for? Uh, it's been going. I um, <laughs> I usually will get it trimmed up, but I'll tell him not to take like any length off. So just like kind of clean it up on the edges and everything. Um, but yeah, I was about to say, I don't think I've, I don't think I've taken any length off since I've, I've left Richmond. So it's, it's been a, a good little year now. Yeah. I think, Hey, you're like uh, two years away from Harden. I, I think you're <laughs> <laughs> off, off of the Harden thing. Like since you, since you've been going off, have, have, uh, other kind of like famous NBA players reached out at all. And like, who's kind of the coolest person you've gotten in contact with because of this whole thing. Uh, now nah, probably not reached out. Um, but obviously like, so I got to probably spend like with training clamp included, like I was out there for a little bit before, um, probably out in Denver for maybe like a month or so, a little bit more than a month. Um, so just like working out, uh, playing pickup, whatever it may be. And, um, got to know like a couple of those guys pretty well um bruce brown was super cool dude um so kellen grady from davidson is actually my who i live with um they're both from boston so kellen was out there with me as well so like they kind of already knew each other so uh me and kellen were always hanging out so he kind of just took us both like under his wing and we were hanging out with him a lot um but honestly like all the dudes on the denver nuggets were really cool like top to bottom like Jamal Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter, you name it, whoever it was, like they were all super cool dudes, super helpful, um, you know, very kind, generous, uh, especially for people in our position. So, dude, credit to them. And that's why I think they've been so successful. Um, part of the reason of it, obviously, outside of having so much talent, like they just have high character guys. And it was, it was awesome to get to know those dudes a little bit. Now, I know he's since been traded, but you can still say you and Bones Highland had a bit of beef being a VCU Ram guy. And <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was funny. There was definitely, it was definitely, uh, there was a couple jabs here and there. Uh, Cause I always wore my spider stuff. Also um, he's not with us anymore. Um, Cause he got an offer to play in China, but uh, uh, Justin Tillman was with us at the beginning of the year as well. So it was yes. like Tillman and Bones were out there. So it was like they were kind of teaming up on me a couple times, but, but <laughs> it was cool. It was cool. They were they were cool dudes, and I had known Tillman really well um, while he was at VCU. So it's good. They're they're not as bad dudes as we make them out to be. <laughs> I don't believe it. 
<laughs> um, you guys get any final questions here for Grant? Uh, yeah, just kind of out of curiosity, we were Nike school, uh, and then mm-hmm. switched to Adidas. I think your senior year, your yes, yep, last year, one of the senior years, yeah. Which do you prefer? <laughs> oh, dude, I mean, when I heard we were going to Adidas, like I, I got sick to my stomach. Um, I'm a, I'm a Nike guy through and through. We were lucky enough to be, uh, at a really good, uh, high school where we were sponsored by Nike as well. And so I'm a Nike guy all the way through their shoes have always worked for me. Adidas shoes, not so much. Um, (laughs) but I understand, you know, it's money and everything. And, uh, I think we're a little farther up the list of priorities for Adidas than we were at Nike, but yeah, dude, we, if I was in charge, I'd switch us back to Nike. <laughs> you played pretty well in them as far as them not serving you guys. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's sweet. Well, Grant, this was awesome, man. Again, appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm excited to see what's going on with your professional basketball career. You never know, man. You might you might make a playoff spot roster, and then uh, in a big moment, Jokic gets a little tired. You're gonna have to come on in Game Seven of the Finals here and and save the day. Yeah, let's just let's just speak <laughs> it into existence now. Grant Golden Game Seven three pointer for the win. Let's yep, just talk absolutely. it in. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, hey, nah, if, that, if that happens, then this is the best thing that ever happened to us too. So we're all coming. <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're all about grabbing onto people's coattails and holding on for dear life. Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> our only hope. <laughs> nah, yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. This is awesome, and like you said, going to school with you guys and knowing you guys personally, like, it's cool to see you guys doing this. And we always appreciate the sport uh, when we were there. And, I know you guys are always behind the spiders now, so thank you for that. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Hey, it was great seeing you again, Grant. We'll talk to you Definitely. again. Soon. Good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, good Definitely. luck to you. Appreciate it. Appreciate awesome. you guys. Let's transition now into a little football, not NFL, football. Because NFL is included, and the, the spring leagues have started. And I have to ask, are you guys tuning in to the XFL? I watched the DC Defenders game last night and had more fun watching football than I might have in a long time. I was going to say, it seems like DC finally has a passionate football fan base. That is their passionate fan base. I think for the only sport that they're passionate about is the XFL. I did see the Twitter clip of them all throwing lemons at the players on the field. I just happened to be watching it live, and I don't know if you saw the whole context behind the thing was they had the beer snake. The beer snake got confiscated. They got mad and they started throwing lemons on the field. But this is right when Ben DiNucci and the Seattle Sea Dragons or whatever the hell their name are backed up at the five. They start hitting him like with lemons. <laughs> they have to pause the game, get some of the lemons off the field. And he immediately throws a pick six, change the whole game. The place is going crazy. They start like throwing beer all over the place and on each other. And it was like it was audibly loud. Like you know, when you can get you when you get a sense of how loud it is in a place on a broadcast. Yeah. I was like, wow. What state Audi field is play in? Do you know? Yeah, it's Audi Field. It's where the United play. Is it in DC? Yep. Yes, right, Sean? Maybe cool. right next to the national stadium. Yeah. It's Very a good cool. Um yeah, I would go to one, but I would only go to a game on a Saturday, and they're only playing Sundays when they're in DC. Really? I, I'm not going to go to an XFL game on a Sunday. On this would have been a good one because of President's Day. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I, I didn't tune in this weekend. You know, I've been exhausted for the last couple months of watching football, doing two-day airs, three-day airs, you know, 
So I, I didn't tune in this weekend, but um, I'm definitely going to get the itch again. I just have to do it when my girlfriend's not around because she thinks. Anytime <laughs> <it's laughs> you start watching XFL games and really caring about them, then it's a bigger problem. Um, I will say the, the the I think the big thing that the XFL is really showcasing a I think that there's a lot of good players in there, which is exciting. Seeing Josh Gordon be productive last night was pretty hype. Um, but I think obviously it's the rules thing that people are really excited about. And there are three big rules that seem to have tickled people's fancies in a big way. And I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on each of them. The first one is the tiered conversions going for one, two, or three from two, five, and 10. Um, the second is the kickoffs where they have the 10 blockers line up five yards away from each other and they can't move until the, the returner catches it. Um, and then the last one is going having a fourth and 15 instead of an onside kick. I like the fourth and fifteen. I love the fourth and fifteen. I think the NFL might do like a fourth and twenty-five, though. They might make it a little harder. That's a lot. <laughs> I don't think yeah. the NFL's changing it, but I think it's cool for like a, a startup league. Uh, not. I think they, they should for sure. Like onside kicks just do not have enough. Like they just don't. They don't work often enough. No, but it's uh, just the threat of them being there. Like think about some of the bigger games where, like the Alabama Georgia game, just like. Holy shit! Didn't see that coming. It's, that's true. Kind of just that's that's kind of why they're special. It's like when it does work, it's cool. So yeah, it would fundamentally change change football in the way that we looked at it if the NFL instituted a rule like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I like the kickoff too. I think that's. Yeah. I don't. I don't necessarily like it, but if they're going to change it to make it safer, it's it's something. And yeah. I think a big part of it too was that now we're we're still getting returns. Now people actually, you know. Right. There's no touchback, right? Yeah. Because they came from so far back. No, you can still you can still fair catch it if it's a bad kick. Um, but I think the stat was that 92% of kicks are returned. And right. it's obviously much lower in the NFL. Yeah. And then I also think that punts they, that are touchbacks go to out to the 35 or something. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, really fun rules. I don't know, like to Jeep's point, it would really change how you'd even, you know, like like you couldn't you you couldn't do a surprise onside kick in the second quarter anymore. It just wouldn't happen. It changed how special teams coaches had to think about everything. Um, but definitely entertaining for the XFL. Yeah, I think um, it's the right league to be doing that stuff. Of mm -hmm. course, you know, the, they're not just going to put an NFL product out there. <laughs> it's not, that wouldn't be smart for them. Um, so other, other football news, coaching carousels goes around. Eagles got gutted, lost both their OC and DC. It looks like they're going to promote from within for both, which yep. I'm okay with because also if they didn't do that, they'd probably lose all their assistance as well <laughs> to Gannon and, and the Colts. So, yeah, uh, I, it's funny. Cause Gannon, I think was relatively unknown on a national level and has already started to be clowned on a national level, which is really funny. Yeah. Maybe he was the clown and Sirianni was just like getting rubbed off on too much. Yeah. <laughs> because the other thing with Gannon, that video is so weird. <laughs> He's talking to the guys. There was a video a couple of weeks ago where I thought he was the man because he was in traffic going to the link before the NFC championship game. And some fans saw him. We're like, yeah, Gannon. And he rolled down his window and said, we're going to fucking gut him today. <laughs> then like drove off. So I thought he was the opposite of who he is now. He looks like Murr from 
in practice. That was all of the things that I was seeing were like, all right, Murray, your punishment today is you're going to have to go lose 13 games in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. I, don't yeah, know any I other- think that that's a bad hire. I mean, that, that I think is going to age terribly. Well, I it's think they had a tough time. Uh, the, the word on the street is nobody wanted to come to Arizona because you have Kyler Murray locked in for $40 million a year. It's like, I don't really want to coach this guy. And that's why they had to go with a defensive minded head coach. And it's like, that's really not what you need right now. But if nobody, I, wants- I definitely think there's a lot of people who wouldn't want to coach in Arizona right now, but I wouldn't put that all on Kyler. I think that that whole organization is just an absolute dumpster fire right now. I, I, can't disagree with you there, but I think a lot of it is on Kyler. And I know you're a Kyler guy. I do like uh, Kyler. That's probably just because I'm short, though. So I want to pretend that there's. Well, I'm, I'm short too. I'm not any taller. Uh, so it <laughs> does give you hope that. And he was a great college quarterback, but like he's such yeah. a bitch. It's just kind of, <laughs> yeah. You know. I don't know. I still see the vision. I mean, he's played well. He just hasn't really been able to stay terribly healthy. He's kind of fallen apart down the stretch. Some like d- down the stretch. But I don't think it was like, you know, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury was a scapegoat or anything. I don't think that he was carrying his weight. So, I mean, maybe he's not a $40 million guy, but Daniel Jones is demanding 45. And, hey, I would much rather have Kyler at 40. And you know who I saw he's linked to, Gene? No. What? The Tennessee Titans are in the top five teams most likely to land Daniel Jones. No, wow. we're, we're also most likely to land Aaron Rodgers. There's all these. No, I, I am. If we the Titans get Aaron Rodgers, I will eat my shoe live on this podcast. No, but I don't want either of them. What I'm saying is I'm – You don't want Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> We're no, going to turn no. him down. To give up two first rounds to get Aaron Rodgers with all his bullshit to deal with. And what's he going to play for like another year too? Like, no, I don't want to deal with that. I'd rather just start the rebuild. I hope we just – I want – like I'd like to trade Derrick Henry, give him to a team – that actually can compete for something right now. Like we need to gut everything. I don't. What do you think you realistically could get for? Uh, I mean, how old is Derrick Henry at this point? He's gonna be twenty nine uh, this coming season. You think you get a first for a twenty nine year old running back? I I think we could do a first and like maybe a third. I don't uh, think you're getting a first round pick for Derrick Henry. Yeah, with that contract, the fact he's a running back, how old he is. He's I mean, I get a bad the contract. It's only like twenty. You also have to remember that this twenty is for the- a running back is ridiculous. This is like one of the best years ever for free agency running backs. Yeah. No team's going to be giving up a lot when they can go to the open market. Yeah, I, I get what I, you're saying. I get what you're saying, G. Like I'm totally to Henry, like frankly, he would be an unreal on the Eagles running the read option. You know the money for it though. They already I don't know. Obviously don't know. they don't, but like there there's a lot of like the car not be good for the Eagles because he can't catch. Yes, he can. He that's that's a he he is not the best catcher in the world he <laughs> can catch but he's not gonna run down he's not running routes down the field but he's fine in the swing pass game like I, yeah he, i'm yeah, sure he's an awesome. nfl running back and he can catch the swing pass but the eagles offense needs a guy that can catch the ball out of the i don't know whenever i watch the eagles i didn't see miles sanders 20 yards down the field <laughs> i i i I think oh, Jeep, I hear what you're saying. You're trying to sell me on Derrick Henry, and I'm just pointing out and then you're like, no, 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 he's the best. No, I <laughs> no, mean he, I he is the I, best. He's the best running back in the league. Do, do either of you think he's not the best running back in the league? Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. No, I, I think Derrick Henry is better than both of them. They were Christian McCaffrey was certainly in a better situation. Uh, yeah. Saquon was pretty good, but like he gets injured all the time. So 
Well, Christian McCaffrey is actually an interesting comp for just talking about what Derek Henry. Like, what what did Christian McCaffrey get when they traded for him? When the Niners traded for him, I have no idea. But I think that was an interesting thing where you saw a team that was maybe a piece away and went for somebody with a little more juice, and it worked to an extent. Um, I think he was definitely a, a boon for that offense. So, um, but Catholic I don't know that. What? Average annual salary of $16 million a year, $21.5 million signing bonus is McCaffrey's contract. Oh. But what I was think he Henry's a, like a top four back in the league. I'm not saying he isn't, but I he's top three. He's aging and he's. He is aging. I agree with you. For a that, team that's in win now mode, I think he would be a nice piece. And depends on the offense, though, because like he's a downhill runner. Absolutely. Really good at it. And he's also a load guy, though. He needs a lot of touches. Yeah, but he can take those touches. Like, there are so not the, many the, backs in the league who can take the ball 35, 40 times yeah. a game. So I'm saying he's perfect on the Titans, the Patriots, the like. No, he'd be better. He'd be better, like, with a more dynamic like offense that's not from the 1930s. Maybe. I get what you're maybe. We've never seen it. You so just, just so you guys know, the McCaffrey trade was a second, third, fourth, and fifth. Damn, I thought there was a first involved. No. Just, just um, but with AJ Brown trade, whenever you're thinking about MFL trades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a bad one. <laughs> no, but, uh, like, Gee, you're, in a, you're, you're on Titans blow it up mode. You want to just go find a quarterback a year from now? And I, I just don't think we have a quarterback. I don't think we're getting one in this year's draft. And there isn't one that I'm like willing to trade up for. Uh, like if we did, I would hope we go with Bryce Young, but he's small and like he doesn't have a rocket arm. He's just a smart guy. What about Anthony Richardson? How do you feel about Anthony Richardson? Like we, that, that's Malik Willis 2.0. Like he, uh, it's a project. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. We, but I want to give Malik Will. Like this is in theory. Like when we drafted him, this was supposed to be his kind of sink or swim year. Assuming we get rid of Tannehill. Which I don't know. Is that is that a fair assumption? Is that what the is that what the Titans beat reporters are saying? They're going to move on from him yeah. and just kind of start over? No, or I mean, because when you the, the Jets Titans were in playoff position last year, they're not a bad team. No, we won our easy games. We didn't beat a single good team. Sure, like, but those are our best wins. They, they almost like, won the Super Bowl. Well, our, our problem, well, a little different, but <laughs> I love that we're devoting this first time to the Titans. Let's. I was going to cut it off here. <laughs> I think let's not get too deep into Titans right yet. I think mock draft are going to come up, which, by the way, listeners, we have a pretty fun mock draft idea coming up in the future. Um, heavy participation. So we'll get more details as we plan. That heavy participation. But if you're interested in being an NFL GM for for a couple hours, not even hours, for like 10 minutes, then uh, maybe maybe some pizza involved. Maybe some pizza or not. It depends on where you are. But but um but uh yeah then we'll have a fun segment there. Um, Slide into our DMs. I did want to talk about the enemy to the Commanders. So mm-hmm. is, is uh do you think the Commanders are suddenly going to become the best offense in the NFL or what's up here? Well, so I mean the the million dollar question is what are they going to do at quarterback? Right. So Sam Howell, man, he's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes. Well, I've seen I've seen a couple of I mean I've seen the Aaron Rodgers chatter potentially. Um, you know, it seems like there's a lot of other quarterbacks that are kind of floating around. They could be in a position to pick, but that's a team that almost made the playoffs. 
And I think I think that uh, Bienemy is a is a, a massive improvement over what they had. They have a great receiving core with Terry McLaurin, um, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dotson played his plays. I think their backs are really good. I think Brian. I think I've said it on this podcast that Brian Robinson is very underappreciated. Antonio Gibson. Yeah, they have a great thunder and lightning kind of thing going on. Their offensive line is not too terrible, you know. Then then their defense is great. So. I don't know. I, I think that that'll be, I think it'll look good. Um, but it's a tough spot for Bienemy because obviously this was his, I'm not going to get a head coaching job. I need to take over an entire half of a team and show I can do it. And not the most functional situation to step into and do it for. <laughs> the talk of the town talking to my insider, Jack Carney, uh, <laughs> Anders fan, is that Rivera is like, because they're, they're being sold. So, yes. and new ownership group is going to clean out house. They're going to, from everywhere, they're going to clean out the entire thing. Sure. Rivera's kind of pivoting to try and get into like the front office. Sure. To be like, I'm not the head coach anymore. And I think it's kind of one of those things where now Biennemi can just become the head coach. Sure. Yeah. And that might even happen before the season. Yeah. He's like the, oh, you think that he'll be, he could become the head coach before the season even starts. Like Rivera might move to a GM role, not GM, but like somewhere in the front office. Sure, like a player ops dude, yeah, sort of thing, and move his way out. Because he, he all, in all reality, he should have been fired after the season, but because they're being sold, they're not doing anything. Yeah. So they're they're gonna clear house by promoting Ron Rivera. No, I'm yeah. saying before they get sold, Rivera's gonna move out of the head coaching job because it's just an impending <laughs> doomsday, and. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be really shitty for Bianami. Would be shitty. I think. I think. It, do we know that Eric Bianami is a great offensive coach? No, which no. wouldn't be necessarily giving him his fair shot if he like got a year to try no. to do something with like no established quarterback with at all. Sam Howell. Yeah, with Sam I, Howell. I, and then if the ownership comes in, they're like, "Yeah, we just want new blood." Like you're gone, and that was his shot. I mean, that's pretty shitty. So and that's something I'm, that happens. I mean, that's like the that's literally like the lawsuit right now that's going on with Brian Flores is like blackhead coaches are being hired to just be patsies, to just yeah. be there for a year and then uh, in bad situations and then just get rid of them. And th- this would be the same ownership group, though. And like they know what he knows what situation he's stepping away from, like a perfectly functional. He's not even stepping away. The his contract was up and the Chiefs aren't bringing him back. Yeah. Oh, is he? OK. Yeah. Why are they not bringing him back then? I know. And that's the question. And I just wonder, because, you know, there's all the talk of race. And I'm sure at some level that actually does contribute to the fact that he hasn't been given a chance. Because you have weirdos like Jonathan Gannon (laughs) getting head coaching jobs. And that guy's a weirdo. But is Eric Bieniemy just that much of like a weird guy to be around? That maybe he's just he also there? has he also has a couple of I, I thought that he just had a DUI in college, but that's not what happened. And I guess he oh has. Oh my god, it's the NFL. Jerry Jones was was stopping kids from going to school because they were black. <laughs> no, but he's an owner, right? If you're an owner, you can do whatever the hell you want, right? You know, Dan Snyder's out there doing anything. No, I mean, I I think that he obviously should have gotten a shot, but when you go when you read articles that are like what is going on here why has he not gotten a shot and they're like just trying to figure out any potential reason that's one that they'll talk about a lot one that he potentially doesn't interview terribly well is one that they'll talk about a lot the players Uh, hate him 
I think is LaShawn McCoy hates him. So I, I heard it was more than just it's not just LaShawn McCoy. I don't think anybody. Well, but then on the other hand, him. he has a lot of players that were like sticking up for him, especially this year. Like Patrick Mahomes, like came out and was like that. You know, he's like one of the greatest players that I've coaches that I've worked with. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to say anything too. bad about anybody. He's a PR machine. Like he he's going to say I what think, he said. Yeah, part of it. I mean, like we talked about. There's this movement towards players coaches and stuff like this we talked about that on a previous episode but it's not like historically coaches have been players best friends <laughs> everything like yeah. it's it's a game plan it's your general that's telling you what to do out there on the battlefield sort of thing um and the modern player wants a little more relationship i get that but i don't know it, it's interesting we'll see what happens with the enemy um in the commander situation i think it's a another trap to be honest with you that organization is on fire yeah. <laughs> He's just getting put into the fire. But we'll I, see. Would be, I would be interested to see if it was so plainly obvious that if the new ownership feels like they can't do it, especially if it's somebody like Bezos or somebody who kind of is in the uh, public light, because that would be a tough look. Yeah. Um, all right. Enough football. Enough football. Watching the Genesis Open, they put a lot more money into golf purses the last two weekends, the overwinning. And so golfers don't get a salary. They just get the purse wherever they finish. Do you think other sports should adopt the purse as a way to pay players? Because I think it would be a great way to get rid of load management in the NBA. To do like a a game-by-game purse? So I think NBA players should keep their salary, but the league should have a weekly purse. They already announced like Eastern Conference Player of the Week and Western Conference Player of the Week, but they should do a purse and they can get sponsors to come in and make it like $10 million. And whoever's the Eastern Conference player of the week that week gets the purse. And you can do it your top three finishes. So they split the purse um, aggregated from the top three. So I think purses in other sports would be a great way to find new motivation for players that don't find regular season. So I don't know that it would necessarily work on a week-in, week-out basis, but something that we have talked about a lot is what would actually be a valuable incentive for one of these mid-season tournaments that they keep talking about. Do you think that there's – I mean, obviously there is a dollar amount, but do you think that there's a reasonable dollar amount for a purse that would make people really motivated to go out and get it? Absolutely. What do you think that number is? Like for an NBA player, like if you're, you know, making me, it's like 500 bucks, but you know, <laughs> I mean, if it's me, it's 20, you know, <laughs> well, I, th- I think it, like it depends on the NBA player. If, if, if LeBron James is on the team, like that, no amount of money that you can reasonably pay him is going to move the needle at all. But if you have a guy like, uh, uh, you know, what, what's the men contract, like million, two million, million ish. So like four and a half few thousand dollars, hundred thousand, that, that might move some things. Yeah, I like the idea of throwing in purses for some stuff, but I'm trying to figure out like the, the right place to put them. See, my whole thing is like, and there's like Cam Robinson last week for the Nets had two, or was it three 40-point games? Yeah. I feel like you'd have more guys like that just exploding off the scene because they're like, oh, I had a great game to start the week. I'm going to turn it up the entire rest of the week, or you're going to have Kawhi Leonard actually. But how much, how much money do you think you'd have to offer for the player of the week to, to, to do it? Like 50. Let's just say it's the right that's, amount. That's going to lead <laughs> to so much. Like part of the problem with the NBA, that's going to lead to players just taking yeah, dumb shots and, and like not being efficient. 
and and being shitty well, teammates. Part of it's winning. In the yeah, yeah, part of it's winning. You got to be player of the week. You got to yeah, you got to win. Open games. They don't give it to a guy that goes zero and three and scores forty two points. Like, yeah, but I still think players will get caught up in trying to be player of the week, and then I I I I think it's a dumb idea to do. <laughs> I no 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 like just the the player of the week. I love the idea of incentivizing winning. Um, but I don't see how to realistically well, do like team of the week. Team yeah, of or the you week could do would like, be an uh, interesting. Yeah, I like I I could get behind that. I, I and I think it's something like the golf schedule. You have certain tournaments that have huge purses, and all the best players in the world show up to those. Yeah, like the waste management had twenty one of the top twenty two golfers in the world at. They were all playing in it, and that's not a major. That's On like the PGA major. Tour, but that's a whole other topic of conversation. But like, yeah. But that's like major levels of golf talent showing up to a tournament. It's because the purse was gigantic. Yeah. And I think you've had certain weeks in the NBA schedule where it's like, oh, this one is sponsored by Rolex and the purse is. Hey, we want to talk about purses. We were having this conversation earlier. How much money would you have to dangle in an all-star game to have people care about it? A lot. A lot. Well, and think about it like if a Rolex was the person sponsoring it, you know, you could do some really cool stuff there for the winning team. That would be. Yeah. Or the winner of the one-on-one tournament to get a nice custom Rolex. The most of these guys are making forty million a year, though. So it is a who, lot of money. That's going to provide because, this. Like you mentioned with the golfers, like this is this is the salary. Like this, <laughs> you know, you winning. No, the, it's yeah. corporate sponsorships that are the salaries for guys. Like that's true. That is true. And tennis and things in sports of that nature and. Yeah. Track. And there's no world where the players' associations in any team sport would agree. To forego salary and turn it into a purse sport. Yeah, like, there's no, no where that would happen. So it'd have to be a supplement. But let's say it didn't count against the salary cap, you know, that that kind of thing. Like it, yeah. it came from the league. Like it's a new, like cool way to incentivize players. I don't know. I think they should do it for podcasting. And I think I think, uh, it, too. I think we should get a heavy sponsor who puts a purse out for the three of us each week. And the, these, the, the, honestly, the highest performer takes home the purse. There are these companies that everyone's willing to sponsor, right? Like, you know, Athletic Greens, um, whatever the one G bought, MeUndies or whatever. What we need to yeah. do is find a much, much, much more controversial sponsor. Now, we're the only podcast that would even be okay potentially extolling the virtues of this. Like uh, male, male thongs? Yeah, no, male thongs are like... Get Jeep. We'll get Jeep to to be our model. I'll I'll oh. send out some DMs on Twitter. Let's see if we can't get anything. <laughs> or like uh, you know, like rapid anthrax delivery or something. This right is here. brought to you by Adam and Eve. <laughs> Everyone will sponsor at no. We it's, it's got to be it's got to be much much worse. I went to the spy museum. Maybe we can get sponsored by some of those espionage organizations. Maybe something like that. That would be good. Something that would really tarnish our name. Well, fellas, this was fun. Another good episode in the books here. Uh, thank you always for sticking around. And um, I hope you guys enjoy enjoy your evenings. And, you know, go presents. Thanks, guys. See ya. Guys, see ya.